This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful, no question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? And I just had no answer for <laughs> He just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. going to be on. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I'm, Danny trying, to, I'm trying to send a tweet before we start. Is it a good tweet or a bad tweet? Uh, well, I, I tweet it and then I find out if it's good. It's not a, hey, fuck Tom tweet, is it? No, I'll, I'll read it to you if I can get <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, that'd be nice. 
Well, Dana, this is a great surprise. I didn't think, uh, oh, I'm I didn't here. think you were coming. I'm here. Here's and my tweet. I once felt bad because I had no retweets, and then I met a man who had no ats. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Here's another one. When, when God closes a door, he opens a window. Sounds to me like somebody's pooping. <laughs> See? And now, you should meet everybody, by the way, Dan. Yes. Uh, JB, sitting across from you. How are you? My son, Andy, sitting hey. there at, uh, behind the computer. Hello. Mike Rasmussen to your left. Dr. Ralph Basham to your right. Hi, doctor. Nice My daughter's here, too, but she's carving a pumpkin. I don't know why. Oh, is. that's sweet. Isn't that nice? You know, picking out a Halloween pumpkin is a lot like picking out a mate in your life. You search and search for the perfect one, then you get it home and start mutilating it to fit what you really wanted. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> oh, the reason I asked you how long you had today is because Gilbert Gottfried's coming in at, at 5.30. So Where's my, Gilbert? Gilbert's at the New Hope Cinema Grill. Here. Oh. What's he doing? Stand up. Oh, we're competing. He, he just got into it. I don't know Knitting. if you've heard. I didn't know. He, oh, that's funny. And John Oliver's in town tomorrow night, too. It's quite a weekend for Craig people. Ferguson's in town. Is he? Tim Young's over at the House of Comedy. We've got a lot of people in town. But, Jeez. you know, Dana, this is a great comedy town. So yeah, it's Minneapolis. We've got room. Yeah. It'll be fine. I mean, you were at one of the great comedy clubs in America, don't you think? Yeah, yeah um, I'm at uh, Acme this weekend, and uh, it's one of my favorite clubs. I've been going there since I was a wee lad. I, well, first it started the Comedy Gallery. Yeah? Oh, the Comedy Remember Gallery. The com- yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was, first time I, I was first came to Minneapolis in 1986 and uh, at the Gallery. 1986. I know. Um, I, was, I, was, I, that we, I was here, and then there was another Comedy Gallery in... A neighboring city uh-huh. with a B. Blaine. Possibly. Maybe Blaine. Maybe Mike, Blaine. is that right? Mike, you'd know where the comic... Well, you know, you're too young to remember. The other that. one. Dana, and, uh, I, I do believe... Excuse me. Go ahead. Oh, just And the other comedian was a young guy who no one had heard of called Andrew Clay. Andrew Clay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Before he became Dice. <laughs> became, before he became <laughs> Dice. Andrew Clay. Actually, Jeez. in 1986, when you were at the Comedy Gallery, you did a, a radio show in town. Mm-hmm. And it was brand new. It had just started, 1986. It was when I first started at KQRS. You came in with Scott Hansen, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You and Scott Hansen came in. That was only 27 years ago. I know. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. It is unbelievable. It's amazing. Did you, did you, uh, did you talk to Justin Severson today at, on, on No Laugh Track over at Acme? I did. Yeah, that's a nice deal they have Did that there. came right up here. Lewis. One-stop shopping here at the converted mill. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a converted mill. That's true. That's just the way to... Oh, there's Alex. Dana Gould, Alex. Hello. Hi, Alex. How are you? Marvelous. How, How are was your you? pumpkin carving? Painting. Oh, you're painting oh, it. Oh, painting it. I'm painting them. They're, they're good. They turned out well. I'm excited. Why don't you carve them? Because they're living things? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's see, why. there you no, go. No, <laughs> carving's too messy. Painting's easier, but I love the the the, the smell of uh, when you. There's it's certain true. Halloween has. There's I, Halloween is my favorite holiday. It's a wonderful it's, holiday. It's my Christmas, and you can learn things about people that you didn't know by Halloween. Just little things like, so Dave, going to the Halloween party? Yeah. What are you going to dress up as? A uh, guy who looks like me, but who never killed a hobo with his car and didn't report it. <laughs> oh, okay. Interesting choice. Well, um, you know. Yeah, and. Uh, 
And, uh, yeah, there's, there's a couple of smells. The smell of a, a pumpkin when you cut mm-hmm. it open. Mm-hmm. The smell of a pumpkin when you put the candle in it. It's a different smell. Mm-hmm. And just a pillowcase full of candy. Just a, oh, yeah. Oh, that, <laughs> collective, oh, yeah. that collective sugar bomb that you get when you smell that. That's, oh, that's, I, that's good stuff. I will tell you, when I was uh, six years old, grew up in North Minneapolis, very urban neighborhood. Six years old, I'm out with uh, my friend Mike, trick-or-treating. Got robbed. No. <laughs> it's a true story. We got robbed by about a 13 year old kid. Yeah, he robbed us of our Halloween candy. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Is that unbelievable? I'm the only person I know that was ever robbed of his. I'm sure it's happened. Yeah, but that's horrible. You know? Because he's really robbing your childhood. There's no question. You're absolutely right about that. That's terrible. Isn't it? Let's, here's another thing. I, I think it's called. You're what kind? Are you a medical doctor or? A, I'm a medical man. Yes. Okay. I'm a medical man. Medical man. Medical man. Medical. He's not a medical doctor. He's, He's but not a medicine doctor. man. Let's <laughs> <laughs> let's be clear yeah, on what kind of guy. What is your, you what are. Is your specialty? I'm a plastic surgeon. You're a plastic surgeon. Yeah. Interesting. Why aren't you in Los Angeles? Why aren't I in Los Angeles? <laughs> yeah. Well, good question. The people there are different. Well, they're I will different. I will tell you that you go to Beverly Hills where there's so much plastic surgery. There is a wholly different race of people. That's right. That, Another species. Yeah. They don't look like people. They ha- Well, they do, but they have their own look. And, and I, I'm not saying there's a certain... Absolutely. I know. It, I know. It comes with... I guess there's like a combo package that when you, when you get like <laughs> yes. your breasts augmented, then you can also get your cheek, nose, and lips done. But they, as I've said, it's like women get plastic surgery to look younger, which would make... Perfect sense if one of them ever came out looking younger. Yeah. But they just look the same, and they look like the girl from the band on The Muppet Show. (laughs) (laughs) That is so accurate. You're absolutely right. Or they look like uh, Madam from Madam and Whalen. Oh, Madam. That's that's true. They have that strange – they have that bizarre – uh, that bizarre look. I have. Uh, we have to take just a sixty-second break, but I have a very quick. And you probably know this story already, but just in case, there's a story about Whale and the Madam after Whalen died. You know, so Whale and the Madam for for younger people. No, they were Whale and the Madam. I was. I almost said they. Madam was a puppet. <laughs> so I should point that out to people who don't know who Whale and the Madam are. Whalen was a, a man, and uh, Madam was a puppet, kind of very old-looking puppet, dressed. Kind of, Kind was, of, uh, he was Whalen Flowers in his day was right. m- medically classified as the world's gayest organism, <laughs> and Madam was like a Phyllis Diller kind right. of for, for a younger audience, like a Kathy Griffin with white hair, <laughs> an old something hag. It's very dis- that's very subtle. Oh, old Kathy. something that rhymes with hag, hag. Poor Kathy. <laughs> Poor Kathy. She tries so hard. Kathy's fine. I so, dated Kathy Griffin. What? Did you really? What was that like? met my wife at her house. Huh? Really? Mm-hmm. Well, that worked out. Fine. All fine. It's all, it's all fine. You it's met your fine. wife at her house? Yeah. And so this is, you went on a date with her, went yeah, back home. We went on a date, went on a couple dates. We were friends, and then we dated, and then we were friends again. And... Um, and then I went was at her house and a, a Christmas party at her house and I met my wife. So she took you home and you were like, "Hey, how about that one?" 
She seems better. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have an act. I'm, I'm in. What's the matter? Computer just shut down. It did. Oh. It's not a battery. Oh. So here's but the deal. I get to hear this. Whalen Flowers so and Madam. Whalen Flowers and Madam. They were actually on Hollywood Squares for a while. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They had their own square. Were they center square? And then uh, the gayest organism on Earth died. And they read his will, and he requested he be buried with Madam. Madam is in his casket. Isn't that a bit eerie? That, that, that is like Bela Lugosi being buried in one of his Dracula capes. Yeah, he, he was. He was buried yeah. in his Dracula cape. Yeah. I told people, and I'm very serious about this because I've been doing this for 42 years. If you bury me with a microphone, I will fucking haunt you. <laughs> I will. I will. See, I uh, totally that, bury you Did in you the see Behind the Candelabra? <laughs> no, I haven't seen it yet. I've heard it's rather interesting. It's fantastic. That's what I've heard. And i got to yeah. say, that's the sequel. Wayland and Madam. <laughs> That's the sequel. I wow. believe your information was in error. And Dana, behind the... What? Because As Madam usual, is on display. Wrist. That's a different Madam. There's, there were two Madams. You sure? There's, I'm sure Aren't there, there always two madam. Madams? There were at least two Madams. I'm sure exactly there was right. more than one Madam. Did you think when Waylon Flowers' father heard that he had a Madam, that he was very happy about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure when Waylon Flowers heard that his son's hand was finally up a... Well, we don't need to go <laughs> down that road. <laughs> Can you guess what he died of? Um, I would say <laughs> I think, pneumonia. Uh, I it, think you can guess what it is. Does it rhyme with blades? Yes, it does. Uh, well, oh. it rhymed with blades related blancer. Right. Well, here's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Subtle. You raised him well. <laughs> Thank you. When, 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 uh, when Blades first came about, yes. uh, oddly enough, right around the time I first came to Minneapolis. That's true. Um, Christian conservatives said it was God's punishment against homosexuality. Yes. yes. But when a tornado tears apart Oklahoma, they never say it's God's punishment against no. wheat well, farming. Some of them do. <laughs> they're, they're very quiet I about say tornadoes. GMO wheat. Yeah. See, I think That's it's still it God's punishment against homosexuality. Because if you look at it, God sees the world from a great distance. Mm -hmm. And from far away, farmers dress a lot like lesbians. That's true. Very and good And I point. think God just sees bib overalls and work boots <laughs> and says, let him have it. <laughs> because let's just say, for the sake of argument, that we are governed by a mercurial invisible giant with a lot of grudges. <laughs> what is more indicative of his wrath? A biologically transmitted blood disorder or a magic whirlpool in the sky? <laughs> Well, that's what it is. I'm sorry, but that's One what it is. One looks a lot more like the work of an omnipotent being than the other. I do love the fact that somebody would be so arrogant as to think they know what God's up to. Sure. And that God hates everyone they hate. Right. I love that. I also love that they know in the, that the people who believe the world's going to end while they're here. Yes. It's been around for billions of years. It's just been waiting for me. <laughs> waiting for me to come yeah. along. Ted oh Saunderson, plumbing wholesale equipment seller from Mankato. <laughs> That's all over for you. Exactly. Yeah, the arrogance there is, is amazing to me. Mm -hmm. It's all it is, too, is just... Just blatant arrogance. But the same goes for fundamentalist atheists. No because question. Like, because no like, doubt. You're so stupid. You think you know what happens after you die. You're such a moron. I know what happens after you die. It's nothing. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I've, this has always been my argument. There's no way that my dogs can conceive of my computer. Right. Their brain cannot conceive of it. Correct. 
it doesn't mean that they can't be in the same room at the same time. That's <laughs> often happens. That's a, yeah, it's true. Dogs do know, however, to ignore the computer because they don't understand it. Ah, well put. So eventually, I mean, you get them as puppies. You move your cursor around, they'll paw at it. Mm-hmm. But then once they're older, they're just like, I know, it's just a box of nothing. Who cares? Yeah, but then it's like they get in there, and then suddenly a bunch of, like, Petco.com box of squeaky toys show up. You know, there's one uh, one sign that I have to tell you about. And you should take this as a, as a compliment, actually. The fact that Andy will talk to you means he thinks you're really funny. Oh, good. <laughs> or the opposite. <laughs> he feels bad for you. So he's trying to it's kind of, it's, helping. It's really kind of uncomfortable because once in a while we'll get somebody in that Andy doesn't think is funny and he just won't talk to them. Why is that, Andy? I, I don't do it on purpose. Well, or you still do it. Just don't like well, it. Well, sometimes I'm do. doing other things, too. I mean, I got a lot of crap over here. It's a busy man, Dad. By the way, Alex, you're sitting in the wrong chair. I know that's usually your chair, but on Fridays, a lot of people depend on JB and Andy sitting together so they can set the contrast on their screen for the live stream. For the live stream. Deal with it. All right, here we go. I found a list yeah, of interest. Ebony and Ivory has been in my head. Right now. <laughs> Tom Bernard here, and with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website that one of your bankers has worked with a customer for more than 30 years. It's a long time for any business relationship. Is that common? Not only 30 years, but two generations. Our great client, Northland Fastening Systems. 30 years is definitely not common for a lot of bankers, but Brad has developed a relationship with that trusted customer that has allowed them to show steady growth every year they've been together. Building the relationship of trust is what we do best. It allows us to make quick deals that benefit them and all of our business customers. The cool thing is that it gives us a chance to be more than your banker, hopefully a partner, and maybe even a friend. I have never liked you, by the way. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience? Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Thanks, friend. And you are? <laughs> Real nice. Chuck Nabla. <laughs> Chuck Nabla. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Dates predicted for apocalyptic events. Okay. Oh, good. Uh, I, there's no way I'm going to be able to count all these. Uh, yeah. No. Oh, there no. are literally, like, at least 100. So, uh, yeah, people are pretty big on that whole apocalypse thing. <laughs> I think Dana's right. It's because I'm here 
Mm. It's all everyone wants it's all to feel go. important. Right. It's absolutely that's well, true. But well put. not everyone is important. No, that's the thing that uh, – and here's another thing. Like um, people always say like, look, you can accomplish anything if you believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they just say that to make sure you leave high school. Yeah. Because <laughs> well. it's actually not true, I can assure you. I no. said I had to speak – a friend of mine had a film class and I spoke at it. And I said, you know, they say that you can believe – you can do anything if you believe in yourself. That's that's just clearly not true. And the teacher goes, you can't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Is that – you know, I never – I don't know much about the secret, but they tell me the secret is – I just listened to it on tape, so. Isn't I'm that supposed here. to be like if you really believe something yeah, will happen? If you wish hard enough, it'll happen. Well, well no, it's just – that's how you explained it to me a few years ago. Kind I... of, but now I've listened to it on tape, so oh, I have a better okay. understanding. Oh, okay. It is a little bit of, you know, if you want to be a millionaire. She was like this weird Australian yeah. British accent lady, okay. and it got kind of like, shut up. This is a Minnesotan saying there's a After weird accent. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't... It's the first. So, hey, now. It's like a Steve Martin bit. Hey, first, now. get a million dollars. Now. Wish. But it was like, if you get. A million dollars, it's because you let your subconscious mind attract the million dollars. Like, you wanted it so badly, and and so the universe allowed it to happen. And then if you lose your million dollars, it's because you let your subconscious let it go and not care enough about it. But if you you can get a million dollars back by having your subconscious, you know, it was kind of like you could control the universe by your subconscious mind. And it's like I get part of it. It's like you want your subconscious mind to be Mm -hmm. positive and welcoming and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think you can. I thought she was my daughter, Nana. That sounds like a lot of doo doo. I think <laughs> I don't think you can receive a million dollars just because you want it bad enough. Yeah, but there, yeah, I think there'd be a lot more millionaires. But there is yes. the theory that people do, um, you know, like it's not uh, not rare for like a star football player just before the Super Bowl does something and now they can't play. That's anything. true. And the reason is subconsciously they do not feel that they are worthy of playing in the Super Bowl. And if they do play in the Super Bowl, it violates their self-image. And that is an existential death. Mm -hmm. So they have to subconsciously subvert it so that they don't perform in the Super Bowl. Well, then how how do you explain, I can't find my lucky mug so the Dodgers can't possibly win? (laughs) (laughs) That's That's a different thing. That's just a simple fact. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but it's a lot about control. It's like, I'm afraid I'm going to stink in the Super Bowl, so I will make sure Mm. I don't play. Uh, Since 1991, Alex, since 1991, I've been secretly wishing that I could run faster than JB. And it's never happened. Although you I've never seen you run. You might yeah. not be able to run that fast. You've never – we've never raced, so you don't know that. <laughs> I don't know that. That's I, a, I may run with a limp. That's a fact. <laughs> no, I do have to Walks ask you Walks perfectly. <laughs> runs with a limp. Runs with a limp. <laughs> Were you Some offended by this high school kid and what he said? Uh, do you know about this? No. Uh, I can't remember where it was. It's not important. Andy can look it up. High school kid was uh, doing a seventh grade – he was doing the booth for a seventh grade football game. And he plays Madden – NFL 2012 or whatever. It it's is. literally every, you pick a year, you got the yep. name of a game. And he, he repeated a line that he had heard on Madden NFL 2012. The seventh grade kid that was running was Haitian. And the kid said over the loudspeaker, 
He's got that running away from the cops speed. Wow. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And apparently that's on Madden NFL 2012. <laughs> but the school wasn't too happy with him saying. You know, I've never heard that term before. <laughs> He's got the, well, I think there's a reason away. for that. Well, We're, you know, there's also they just had the New Jersey uh, governor's debate. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, Cory Booker, uh, who's African-American, mm-hmm. and... His opponent, I don't know his name, but he's a big Tea Party, hard right wing conservative. And Cory Booker was the former mayor of Newark, New Jersey, right, uh, which is a large uh, African-American population. And the guy said, all of the tax money for New Jersey goes into the big black hole of Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> I'm not sure if he – if I give him the benefit of the doubt that he – did he really mean that? I, I don't worry. I would vote for Cory Booker anyway. But it was like, was that – a mistake, or is that an unfortunate coincidence, or is that really a, what they would call in politics a dog whistle? <laughs> You're saying something for people to know what I'm really, you know. That was always the uh, in the Republican Southern strategy in the 70s and 80s. It was always law and order. Law and order, yes. Right. More yes, white, been a more white policemen. That's right. Good or, or maybe he just didn't want to play in that Super Bowl. That's exactly <laughs> right. He didn't want to play well, in that Super Bowl. Well, I have a question now. New Jersey. It's a very democratic state, so, so like a working class state. Yeah. Right? So how would a Tea Party member ever win there anyway? He's not. No, it's not going to win. He's, He's not, not going to win. win. I mean, a Republican sh- can win there. Yeah, but not um, a Tea Party. Yeah. No, no. no way. There's no way. I uh, I did enjoy your story from last week. Speaking of big black holes, <laughs> what was the program? Was Eartha that Kid kept- here? No. Eartha <laughs> <laughs> Kid. Now there's a reference. <laughs> Let's talk a little LBJ. Yeah. <laughs> There are like three people in this room that know what the hell I'm even talking about. I know the name. Eartha Kitt was, went to dinner once at the White House. She was the, the first Catwoman. She was the first Catwoman. Oh. Right? She went to dinner at the White House when LBJ was president and did nothing but bitch about his administration. <laughs> yeah. And this is a man who forwarded civil rights yes. more than any other president. Yes. Said we shall overcome in the State of the Union in a, in a, in a live television address. I know it was the State of the Union, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I interviewed Eartha Kitt on uh, Live 105 in San Francisco when I would substitute for Alex Bennett sometimes. Oh, okay. And uh, she was promoting – this is uh, so that story that you just said, which I actually did not know, but it fits perfectly okay. with uh, – I said uh, she was in the Eddie Murphy movie Boomerang. <laughs> and I was like, so tell me, what was it like uh, to be working with Eddie Murphy? Eddie Murphy has his friends. <laughs> if you are not one of Eddie Murphy's friends, you do not talk to Eddie Murphy. That's a perfect <laughs> impression. Okie <laughs> doke. That is a perfect impression of Eartha Kitt, by the way. Yeah. That's All a right perfect then. impression. I'll shut up, Miss Kitt. <laughs> what was her big song again? Oh, um, Santa Baby. Santa Baby. Santa she also, uh, Have you ever heard? She Baby. has the most annoying version of Santa Baby that was, ever. She was the original, though, I think. Santa Baby. It's like... <laughs> Eartha. Santa baby. Eartha. Miss Kit. Nope. Listen. She was not the original. She wasn't. No. And he's just going to argue with everything I say. To yep. He's just proving you wrong. Let me get, uh, can I guess something. the original? Oh, wait. Yes. Actually, well. Where am I kidding? She didn't write it. She did perform it, though. Do you need more volume? Yeah. So her less performance volume. was the original, Andy, but it you, was written. Would you give Dana more volume from his headphones? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, excuse me. How's no. that? Thank is that you. better? Mics are going to go you. up, too. I'm yeah. going to guess... The first version of Santa Baby for a million dollars was <laughs> secret million. Was it Peggy Lee Hanson? It was Hanson. Yes, the group Hanson. He guessed. 
Peggy, I don't know who that is. No. I love she was Peggy a great singer. Lee. She was a great singer. Um, Eartha Kid actually did record the original, but she didn't write it. Oh, no. Well, well, yeah. so, original she, recording. Did I say yeah. writing? Get no, out. No one, said, <laughs> no one said she wrote it. Well, also with Henry Rene. So you didn't mention him, did you? He sang Poor it. Henry. Oh, because he went. Probably. If I could just take a minute. Please don't cloud these discussions with facts. <laughs> it's not what we're interested of all, in. Of all things. So you could be in the tea party. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's not the problem. That, the issue is not that Eartha Kitt didn't write Santa Baby. It's that we have a spending problem in this country. <laughs> we have the spending problem under control. And the black holes. We don't want Obamacare, and we can't open the government until Obamacare is defunded. Hang on. It's not that anymore. We've changed it. You changed, We yes. can't open the government until the $6 million man has a movie remake. Oh, God, please don't do that. Johnny Depp has to play the $6 million man with a lot of makeup and stuff on oh, his face. But please don't look like Captain Jack Sparrow if you're going to be the $6 million man. Because Tonto looked way too much like Captain Jack Sparrow. I think, I think here's the thing. We talk about our budget deficit. Mm-hmm. There is one thing for which this nation has a profound surplus, and we will have it on November 1st, and that is unsold Johnny Depp as Tonto Halloween costumes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. I went into the Spirit that's Halloween store, and it was just row upon row. Oh. Tonto, Tonto, <laughs> Tonto. What were they thinking? Johnny Depp as Tonto? Why? Uh, well, you know. so that movie, I did not see that movie, but it was... Uh, uh, it was just one of those like you just got it wrong. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, yeah. No one wants to know. I contend that that character is an extension of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Sure, that same yeah. character. That would make sense. It's all same kind of character. This, it's all kind of the same thing. And he really needs to stop putting stuff on his face. No question. Great yeah. actor. He was yeah. so funny. Did you see Life is Short? Life Life's is too short. Yeah. Life's too short. Uh, uh, Ricky Gervais. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. When Johnny Depp walks in and. Turns over the the fruit bowl because he's angry with Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh, I didn't see goes, it. <laughs> it was very very good indeed, ladies and gentlemen. We are here with Dana Gould. Dana is at Acme tonight and tomorrow night. Is it uh, is eight and ten thirty? Eight ten thirty. Eight and ten thirty. I want to make sure. Two beautiful shows. Two but the very shows. funny April Richardson. If uh, people are fans of Chelsea lately. Oh, yeah. One of the regulars on that show. How many people does she have on that Every, show? Every I've been featured. <laughs> yeah. I'm everyone pretty sure. But, everyone but me. Yeah. You know you're not Too on there Too bad for you. I've never been on. Well, you I'd be love on to go on. I'm, I'm egalitarian. Children. Egalitarian. I like that. Egalitarian. Yeah, you mm-hmm. are. It's true. Johnny um, Depp, by the way, in my second favorite movie of all time. Um, let me get, I'm trying to think what that might be. Your second favorite. Yeah. Well, well, let me. First of all, what's your what's your favorite? Ginger Lynn's Girl Girl Hits. No. <laughs> um, uh, the original Planet of the Apes. I didn't say the oh, best the movie. My favorite movie. No, no, I understand. Okay, yeah. this is Charlton Heston. Yeah, yeah. Th- that one. I've never seen it. I don't know. Why. Shut the front I, door. I, is that true? You can say fuck if you want. <clears throat> but anyway, I have never seen Planet of the Apes. Oh, it's fantastic. Really? Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, first one. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. First one's a good, well done. Great. Very well it's done. It's just the best. Did you watch? Are you a fan of the Twilight Zone? Yes, it's love the, the Twilight Zone. It's the best, biggest version of the Twilight Zone. Oh, it is. It was written by Rod Serling. It was. Was it really? Uh, the screenplay was. It was oh. based on a book by Pierre Boulle, but mm-hmm. it was written by Rod Serling, and uh, it's just the biggest. It's the Twilight Zone if they made a movie. 
It's just like a big budget Twilight Zone. Particularly the ending. The yes, ending. Yeah, well, so, pure so Rod, Serling. Rod Serling. Pure, pure Rod, Rod Serling. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know that I aspire to be Burgess <laughs> Meredith in the Twilight Zone. Be all by myself with broken glass. But you don't break your glass. (laughs) (laughs) I have all these books, but I can't (laughs) read them. A stack of unread New Yorkers. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. interesting you brought up Paul Rubens because... No, it's not called Homer the Drudge anymore. What's it called now? They released it as the Computer War Menace Shoes. Oh, the Computer War Menace Shoes, right. Okay. Mm. It was Homer the Drudge when we wrote it. But uh, <laughs> Inside scoop. We never missed <laughs> Pee-wee's Playhouse. Never. Brilliant show. As a matter of fact, you guys got... Uh, you guys have it, still have it in the box set, don't you? Yeah. Yep. The box set of Pee-wee's Playhouse. Yeah, that whole thing just really pissed me off. Yeah. What do you think guys do when they go there? Yeah, you know, that's uh, what they do. And if he wasn't who he was, it wouldn't have been no yeah. question. Yeah, it was just, and he, no, we, um, my wife worked at HBO, and we, you know, knew him, got to meet him, and uh, we ended up taking our kids to see him live when he did it in Los Angeles two years ago at the Nokia Theater, mm-hmm. and then uh, we took our kids backstage, and they he took them out onto the stage, and they were at the time they were like nine and seven or something, and uh, they sat in Cherry. And the puppeteer was still in the chair, Very. so it just put its arms around him. <laughs> oh, and they just sat there. And, and but to them, it was like, why wouldn't it do this? It's mm-hmm. charity, right? Like it yeah. never entered their right. minds that it was. And then we had a charity event at our house that he came to. I think two months later, and he came in and she's like, "Hi, Pee, we want to see my room." And then they, they showed him there. But it's like my kids think like, "Yeah, well, you know, we saw Pee." Then he came over our house and, <laughs> and we showed him the yeah. bed. Yeah, it's actually see, not how it works. As of then, <laughs> I think people. 
about, what, 35, 36, 37-year-old man, I thought it was very funny that the chair's name was Cherry and the floor's name yeah. was Flory. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, it was hilarious. It's because it, it's just an obvious, nice, yeah. because that's what a guy like him would come up with. Yeah, this, yeah the first one you come up with. I just think it was, I was just so much fun to watch that show. I found that script, by the way. Homer the Drudge? Yep. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, who wrote it? Is it George? No, well, it wasn't George I'm Meyer. on the uh, the lines right now, so I'll okay. I'll relay those and then find out. You'll double back. So it was uh, so Homer. He pops the bubble, right? And then it cuts back to the HQ. Right. Number two says, "Why did you think a big balloon would stop people?" And the scientist says. Shut up, that's why. That's what it was. <laughs> Shut up, that's, that's why. That's my line. You know, that's funny. That's so weird. That's so weird. That's Shut up, that's why. That's what it was. Oh, it was written by Schwartzwelder. John Schwartzwelder. Yep. A genius. Crazy, crazy genius. Andy, you should have written for this. Or you should write for The Simpsons. You'd be very good. Still there. Shut up, that's why. Shut up, that's <laughs> why. That's what it was. And that <laughs> was after like two hours. And then there was... I'm not, li- I'm, uh, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. We had one... Where it was a, it was one of those tri story episodes that different stories took place in different time frames, mm-hmm. and one of them took place in Tom Sawyer, America, yeah. and we were coming up with a store name for a for a store, and we started off with Pelts Pone and Beyond. Four hours later, we settled on Pelts Pone and Beyond. <laughs> Is that the one with hard tack, corn tack, pone tack, yeah. tack? Corn, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that was and and I remember George Meyer was running the room in that day, and we were just sitting there, and it was just like he was really he was not happy with Pelts Pone and Beyond, and he wanted something better. And I'm telling you, four hours, we just ground into that, and I was like, fine, Pelts Pone and Beyond. <laughs> what? And he just said like the joke won, the joke won. Well, we lost, but that's good. We thought it was fine. Hey, you know what? The joke wins. That's a, it's a good joke. That's why it won. We thought it was fine. You'd what be is? surprised. Um, there is a Simpsons Wiki article on Pone Pelts and Beyond. That store that you see in one scene in one episode. I'm sure. History. Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn bought one jug of whiskey, three plugs of tobacco, and some extra strength opium for two cents at the Pone Pelts and Beyond. <laughs> Sawyer and Finn thought it was expensive, but the merchant compared it then to the 99-cent store, which was another joke where the 99-cent store was where all the aristocrats bought their furs and stuff. Because, sure, because yeah, it was a very high-end. Yeah. There was this, there was a, this is how this is how, That's great, great this is how brilliant George Meyer was. I always tell this story about just the way George thinks. We were doing – I don't think this joke ever got into the show. I don't think the bit ever got into the show. Or Homer was falling off a roof and he was falling off a – and bounced off a series of balconies. Is that not balconies, but uh, uh, you know those hooded uh, canopies that oh, awnings. extend awnings. Thank you. Awnings. And he bounced off a series of awnings, uh, and then landed in a truck that was carrying pillows, a dump truck full of pillows, yeah. and, and fell. A, we call it a Rube Gold. Yeah, I remember. I remember that scene. Yeah. Right. And we're trying to end it, and uh, like, and we literally like five, six hours. How do we end this thing? How do we end this thing? A train full of popcorn, and finally. George goes, what if he lands on a open truck 
carrying, and we pan down and we see the truck is carrying marshmallow fluff. It's stenciled on the side of the truck. And he's fine. And then after a beat, a bunch of scorpions come out from under the fluff and start stinging him. <laughs> and I was like, that's certainly not something I would have thought. <laughs> Let's yeah. go with it. I think uh, you actually ended up going with uh, – he fell. You saw the truck with the pillows. The truck pulled away and behind it was a truck full of mouse traps. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's great. Oh, Andy. As I can tell you, he knows every second of every yeah, Simpsons. Well, back before my... Netflix, I would just DVR three or four shows and watch them ad nauseum. Yeah, just dig in. Yep. Well, they're just they're, to this day, it's just hilarious. The, the characters... See, we're we're being polite and not asking you who's going to die. Because I don't know. I honestly they probably wouldn't tell you. Someone's going to die on The Simpsons. Yeah. yeah. Is it Maud? <laughs> Maud's going to die again. <laughs> She's going to die all over again. She's going to re-die. They think it might be Sideshow Bob. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Or, because I'm sure Kelsey Grammer is sick of the character anyway. That oh, how, the, why would you be sick of that? That's a great character. Going, <laughs> that or grandfather. They think Abe? Yeah. Yeah. Abe? Abe. Abe hasn't really die. been in. I mean, he hasn't been a major character in a while, so that makes sense. Yeah, I think Sideshow Bob's more likely. I just I think Sideshow Bob's a wonderful character. I can just see them in the room going, Who'd, let's just kill him. Yeah. <laughs> who do we care least about dying? Well, it tells us how much can you do with him that you've not done. Well, I suppose Yeah, that's, that's true. Because yeah. every single episode is more or less the same right. plot it's Cape Fear. Yeah. <sighs> mm-hmm. yeah. Alex, our daughter over there, went to a, an that's arts me. high school. <laughs> and she was a dance major. Uh, I know what you're going to say. And there was a young woman oh, from, yeah, I, I think, South Africa. This she was, was my... No, she was white. No, she oh, but she was from South Africa. Oh, but was she? She was from South Africa, oh, and yeah. this was at college. Oh, that was at college. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Exact copy of Sideshow Bob's haircut. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. It was Sideshow Bob's haircut. It wasn't intentional. All... <laughs> it wasn't intentional. She just had that hairstyle. to have Sideshow Bob hair. <laughs> we have a caller, Andy? Yep. Who's a caller? It is Mike from Blaine. Oh, Dana, you're going to love Mike from Blaine. He, he asks the best questions on any show anywhere. Okay. But he's always hired in hell when he asks a question. I was going to say, I fear your statements are ironic. <laughs> hi, Mike. I don't know if I can. Hi, hi Dana. How you doing? Good. All right. So uh, I don't know if I can live up to the best questions thing today, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. Okay. Um. So for my first one, um. When you were on The Simpsons, were you one of the Ivy League guys or one of the other one writers? I, I was one of the other ones. I was uh, I was hired by Mike Scully, uh, mm-hmm. who did not attend Harvard, and he went out of his way to hire people that also did not attend Harvard. <laughs> uh, and that was me. I went to the University of Massachusetts State School. I heard a story about like the dynamic of the room that it's just like a line of Harvard guys, and then it's everybody else. Yes. You're right. <laughs> but how do you know within three seconds whether or not somebody went to Harvard? They'll tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they will hey, tell hey. you. Andy, how in did you know seconds? that? Andy yeah. knew that. In three seconds, yes. Mike, what are you doing? But there was a great line about Harvard that was on the show that Jace Richdale, who did not attend Harvard, wrote. Which was con- where there was a fantasy that Bart was graduating Harvard, and the guy says, "Congratulations, Bart! You have just graduated from the most expensive and therefore best school in the country." <laughs> 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 
Uh, and as long as you agree with your professors, you're good to go. Yeah, exactly. That's I just exactly. have never understood why that education is so revered because all you do is sit there and go, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. I agree. Well, it's also, it's like if it's such a great school, how come all it turns out is guys who write cartoons? <laughs> or presidents. Yeah, you know. Exactly. Uh, oh, Yale him. and Harvard. Oh, him. Oh, him. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, yeah, how many presidents in a row from Harvard, Yale? Don't look at me. Oh, I don't. Not a clue. Clinton a didn't go to Harvard. Clinton didn't go to Harvard or, did he go or to, Yale. Did he, I don't think he went to Yale either. He was a Rhodes Scholar. Yeah, he was a Rhodes Scholar. Went to Oxford. Went to Oxford. Oxford yeah. Where did he go to college? Andy? Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Where did he go to college? That's what I'd like to know. Well, oh. went to, I know he was in what? Oxford. Hey, no, I know he was at Oxford. Yeah, he was a Rhodes Scholar, definitely. And then My, I think it was in went to DeVry. <laughs> yes, went to DeVry too. And then I think uh, North American University, one day, one night, Saturday. The Adlai Stevens, right. Stevens College. National <laughs> American University. Oh, National American University. Georgetown University. Georgetown. 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 Okay. He's a lawyer. Sure. That's everybody, <laughs> including Paul Mercurio. <laughs> What did you work on? I love Paul. I do too. Paul's one of my favorite guys in the world. How do you not? Yeah, now, do you I not? think that. Uh, see, I think. Just to talk politics for a second, and then we'll, uh, then we won't. I actually think that Chris Christie could beat Hillary Clinton, but I don't think he'd get the nomination as a as a Republican. Yeah, but I don't think he can get the nomination because he's because he's not Tea Party enough. Because he's not a caveman. But don't you think he that, believes in math? <laughs> don't you think the Republicans have to move away from that bullshit? They can't. I will tell you this, Dana. I, I am so yeah. sick of both parties, or all parties. Sure, I should say agree. both. Just I, uh, yeah. all of them. You just make me sick. I, I, all of you. I agree with. I agree with all of. I agree with that completely. And I and I am a very centrist person. I will say this: all the newscasts now they go. You know, both parties. No, this has been caused by the Republican Party. The government shutdown was caused. Well, yeah, it was not it, by the Democrats. No, I agree. You're absolutely they right. They wanted. About that. They used a budget process to blackmail the president into overturning a law that was legally passed and approved. It was 40 people, too, right? Right. Total of 40 people. The end. The Democrats didn't want to do it. Right. In this particular case, yes, there's full, there's there's crap and sugar-coated crap. But Mm. in this case, it's, well, both parties are not involved in this problem. I didn't know there were set. There have been seventeen shutdowns of the federal government. Mm-hmm. I, didn't know, I didn't know there were anywhere near that many. Oh, Mike, I'm sorry, you had another question, didn't you? Yeah, I got uh, three more. If that's all oh, right, three more. <laughs> Dana's going to be here till like eight o'clock. Well, we have to be done by five thirty. So, oh, it'll be done. <laughs> well, if you get back to me, whenever. No, but, go no. ahead, Mike. I got to meet somebody. On, whatever. I got to meet right, a man so, about uh, a dog. <laughs> okay. Um. So you were the voice of Gex. Yes. Andy. Gex, Andy the M64 character? Yes. That's rather odd. <laughs> I never thought I would meet Gex or hear anyone talk about Gex. And now you have. Now he's After excited. After 2002. <laughs> now you have. Oh, there's Mike laughing. That's that, that's that <laughs> marijuana laugh. <laughs> All right. So... Also, he was he was in the Aristocrats with Gilbert Godfrey. Yes, yes. yes. You Gilbert will be when Gilbert, on. Gilbert will be here in about ten fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. So. All right, we don't speak. And... <laughs> <laughs> we don't ever. Did speak. you write Gex? Yes, me and my uh, uh, frequent writing partner Rob Cohen mm-hmm. uh, wrote. We did, we wrote the jokes for Gex, not the game. I, uh, well, yeah. Right. Did you code Gex? I as did well? code Gex. Yes, it was lovely. Uh, I I frequently. Uh, uh, people bring their game and I sign their game. 
Really? Yeah. Because yeah, the entire game is the it's the writing. I mean, that's what made the game. Yeah, it's funny. We had some really funny lines in that. I, there was one line. I'm not sure if it went or not. You'll get. It was. You know, Gax was just me just doing different voices and different characters mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and he would frequently do Johnny Carson. And uh, there was one time where he was in a river and these crabs kept attacking him, and that was a thing. And he said, "I don't think we were allowed to use this, but it was a. I haven't seen this many crabs since Elkie Summers' hot tub party." <laughs> <laughs> L.K. Summer, <laughs> a beautiful woman, no question. Mike, you're up again. All right, so uh, I guess my last one is, when you were on Suddenly Susan, did you get to meet Clyde Phillips? Oh, Clyde Phillips. I love Clyde Phillips. Yeah, but who, I met everybody, but which one was Clyde Phillips? The executive producer, showrunner guy. Oh, yes, then I'm sure I did. Clyde's a great writer. Very, very. He's got uh, Nurse Jackie and. Uh, oh, is that him? Who is it? Nurse Jackie and. Dexter. 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 Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, but he started out on Suddenly Susan. Uh, I started on uh, Suddenly Susan. Parker Lewis. He was. Yeah, yeah he wrote yeah. Parker Lewis Can't Lose, which I brought up, and he said he's heard like two people bring it up ever. Well, uh, David Chase from The Sopranos, mm-hmm. uh, his first show was Cole Shack the Night Stalker. God, Kolshak. Yes. That was. Uh, and I met him at a HBO party, and I was a big fan of Kolshak, the Night Stalker, and he couldn't believe it. It was Darren McGavin, right? Yeah. And he yeah. goes, Did you watch, did you watch that show? I go, Yeah, I love that show. I, oh, that was a great show. Uh, and I said, Actually, I just watched one the other day. He's like, Does it hold up? <laughs> <laughs> does it hold it up? Like, yeah, it does. It does. See, his first writing credit was Trapper John M.D. Good oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> good lord david chase or, Ch- or Cl- uh, the other dude clyde phillips clyde phillips but his first major writing uh writing role was parker lewis parker yeah, lewis wow. yeah he yeah now if you ever get a chance to meet <clears throat> clyde phillips you'd really like him he's a brilliant brilliant guy no he's very funny we had him on before the uh, alcs started uh-huh. or the al playoffs even started and he's a huge Red Sox fan. Uh-huh. Huge Red Sox. He's from, Bo- Bo- right. from Boston. <laughs> he, he, he tried to get it out. He said, yeah, the, uh, the Sox, they're playing, uh, they're playing the Rays. There's something about the Rays that I... Uh... And yeah. He just did, he just did it's that. Like, they drive me crazy. They... Uh... <laughs> yeah. He just couldn't come out with it. That's it funny. was wonderful. That's so funny. Mike, you got it? Yeah, that's, uh, that's all I got. Thanks right. a lot, Tommy and Dana. Thank you, Mike. I, Thank you, sir. I feel like I've accomplished something today. Answering I don't know about that. I've but... sated you. <laughs> I've sated you. Now, that's a very good Vincent Price word. I've sated you. <laughs> I heard a great Vincent Price story yesterday. You did? On the plane. I love Vincent Price. I'm on the plane flying here yesterday. I don't want to brag. I don't want to be treated differently, but frequently I take airplanes. <laughs> Aren't you fans? And I'm sitting next to this guy, and we're talking, and 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 this guy says, "I know you." And then you know, after a while, he's like, "You look familiar." And I'm like, "Well, on TV." He goes, "No, that's not it." Uh, and turns out, uh, he moved me. Uh, he moved my wife and I into our house. He's a, he has a company called the Moving Doctor. All right. And he was like, yeah, I moved you. And and he, and he knew who I was, and that's why he remembered my face. Okay. I was like, oh, yeah. So we were – and, you know, we had a long flight, and we ended up talking, and we – somehow we're talking about Vincent Price. And this uh, this gentleman uh, that I was talking to worked as a caterer, and um, he's uh, – how we used to say, a confirmed bachelor. Confirmed bachelor, yes. <laughs> sure you know what I'm saying? And uh, he met uh, Vincent Price, who was there with his wife. 
<laughs> and uh, he was married. Mm-hmm. But uh, to quote a friend of mine that also knew Vincent Price, Vinny didn't care what side of the road he drove on. <laughs> <laughs> so he meets Vincent Price. He goes, Mr. Price, pleasure to meet you. And Vincent Price like, takes his hand and he like, has his hand. And he holds his hand and then he has his other hand on top of his hand. That sure. kind of thing. Yes. And he goes, it's such a pleasure to meet you. It's a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, and blah blah blah, blah. and he goes, and he, the whole time Vincent Price is holding his hand, right? He doesn't let go of his hand, and he goes, "I will be your waiter tonight." And he patted his hand. And he went, "Of course you are." <laughs> Such a weird thing to say. <laughs> of course you of are. Of course you are. Send back the wine. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wonderful voice. Did you do Vincent Price on The Simpsons? I did not do Vincent Price on The Simpsons. Dan Castellaneta did it. Oh, yeah, of course. Really? Yes, and he did an excellent job. I do do. Ha ha. Do do. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, If you ever hear Don Knotts, it's me. I love Don Knotts. Have you ever heard Don Knotts? It's me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When uh, When he talked to Chief Wiggum through the TV. The, yeah. No one knows the stresses of the boys in blue. <laughs> Avenge me! Wait, now you're a ghost? Yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> you know, one of the great characters of all time. Bonnie Five? Early, uh, I guess it was Monday or Tuesday this week. I'm sitting around the house. I will watch Andy Griffith's show if it I comes on. I love that show. I just love it. Right? And leave it to Beaver. <laughs> and Barney thought that, that, that Andy was hitting on Thelma Lou. So he he yeah. called Ange? he called Andy's girlfriend, who was not um, what was it Ellie May? Not Ellie May. No. That was different. Uh, what the hell is his girlfriend? Hang on. Anybody remember? I'm gonna let you figure it out. Because it, it was <laughs> it was actually not her. It was a different girlfriend. But he thought that Cora, Thelma Lou. Cora. Thelma Lou was was uh, was Don Knotts' girlfriend. Oh, okay. yeah. Was it? Cora? It was something. I'll uh, find it. But Barney Fife calls up Andy because he figures if, if Andy's hitting on Thelma Lou, he's going to hit on Andy's girlfriend. And he calls and he goes, Ellie, it's Barn. I'm coming over and I'm ready for action. <laughs> <laughs> Just a br- That show is very, very funny. And to that end, and uh, I'd say this as we approach the Halloween season, uh, a, and, and Gilbert will Gilbert will agree with me. And probably have more, no more arcania about it than even I do. Uh, the Ghost and Mr. Chicken. Ghost yes. and Mr. Chicken. Great underrated movie. movie. Great movie. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. underrated movie. Are you talking about Helen Crump? Helen, Helen Crump. Crump. But it was before Helen Crump. It was not Helen. It was. Now Helen. Now Helen. <laughs> Ellie Walker. Ellie Walker. Ellie Walker. Now Ellie, Ellie, you can't go out with Bar. Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> We used to do in the writers' room at The Simpsons. Me and Mark Wilmore, one of the writers, we used to do. Uh, Mark was very funny. He played the uh, black Archie Bunker on In Living Color. If you remember those mm-hmm. sketches, mm-hmm. he does a great Andy Griffith impression. And I am not doing Andy Griffith. I'm doing Mark Wilmore doing Andy Griffith. Uh, but we would do the day Martin Luther King staged a protest in Mayberry. <laughs> it was like a long, <laughs> protracted sketch. And it starts with uh, Martin Luther King refusing to leave the counter at the Tip Top Diner. Sure. <laughs> and he goes, and there's a fly in the buttermilk down at the Tip Top. You better get down here. <laughs> <laughs> now, and then Andy shows up. Now, Dr. King, you made your point. Everybody's real wire your cop. 
We can't have any protest here in Maybe. Want to get rough with the man? No, we ain't going to get rough. But we ain't going to look ain't be in the eye anymore, either. <laughs> God, who was I just talking to that uh, made the point that Andy Griffith and... Oh, it was actually, it was Gilbert. Right. It was Gilbert Gottfried. He, I, I just talked to Gilbert on Monday, and he made the point that Andy Griffith and, and Francis Bouvier hated one another. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> See, that's great. <laughs> it's very ah, funny. great. Uh, I just... hate that old bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Tom here from my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas have a flat tire guess what walzer has your back the best thing about walzer care it's free with purchase that's right i said free so if you're shopping for a new or used subaru honda nissan mazda toyota buick gmc chrysler jeep dodge ram hyundai or chevrolet see my friends at walzer and get walzer care for free Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Well, the latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? And I just had no answer for <laughs> He just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April. Oh, it's not called Homer the Drudge anymore. What's it called now? They released it as the Computer War Menace Shoes. Oh, the Computer War Menace Shoes, right. Okay. Mm. It was Homer the Drudge when we wrote it. But uh, <laughs> inside scoop. We never missed <laughs> Pee Wee's Playhouse. Never. A brilliant show. As a matter of fact, you guys got. Uh, you guys. Have it, still have it in the box set, don't you? Yeah. Yep. The box set of Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah, that whole thing just really pissed me off. Yeah. What do you think guys do when they go there? Yeah. You know, that's uh, what they do. And if he wasn't who he was, it wouldn't have been. No yeah. question. Yeah, it was a sh- and he, no, we, um, my wife worked at HBO and we you know, knew him, got to meet him, and uh, we ended up taking our kids to see him live when he did it in Los Angeles two years ago at the Nokia Theater. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we took our kids backstage. And they, he took them out onto the stage. And they were at the time, they were like nine and seven or something. And uh, they sat in Cherry. And the puppeteer was still in the chair. Cherry. So it just put its arms around them. <laughs> oh, and they just sat there. Ne- and, but to them, it was like, why wouldn't it do this? It's mm-hmm. Cherry. Right. Like it yeah. never entered right. their minds. That it was. And then we had a charity event at our house that he came to, I think two months later. And he came in and she's like, 
hi, Pee Wee, want to see my room? And then they, they showed him there. But it's like my kids think like, yeah, well, you know, we saw Pee Wee. Then he came over our house. And we showed him the yeah. bed. It's actually see, not how it works. As of then, <laughs> I think people. about, what, 35, 36, 37-year-old man, I thought it was very funny that the chair's name was Cherry and the floor's name yeah. was Flory. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, it was hilarious. It's because it, it's just an obvious, nice, yeah. because that's what a guy like him would come up with. Yeah, the, yeah, the first one you come up with. I just think it was, it was just so much fun to watch that show. I found that script, by the way. Homer the Drudge? Yep. That's crazy. Uh, who wrote it? Is it George Meyer? No, well, it wasn't George I'm Meyer. on the uh, the lines right now, so I'll, okay. I'll relay those and then find out. You'll double back. So it was, uh, so Homer, he pops the bubble. Right. And then it cuts back to the HQ. Right. Number two says, why did you think a big balloon would stop people? And the scientist says... Shut up, that's why. That's what it was. <laughs> Shut up, that's, that's why. That's my line. You know, that's funny. That's so weird. That's so that weird. Shut up, that's why. That's what it was. Oh, it was written by Schwartzwelder. John Schwartzwelder. Yep. A genius. Crazy, crazy genius. Andy, you should have written for this. Or you should write for The Simpsons. You'd be very good. Still there. Shut up, that's why. Shut up, that's <laughs> why. That's what it was. And that was after like two hours. And then there was... I'm not, li- I'm, uh, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. We had one... Where it was a, it was one of those tri story episodes that different stories took place in different time frames, mm-hmm. and one of them took place in Tom Sawyer, America, yeah. and we were coming up with a store name for a for a store, and we started off with Pelts Pone and Beyond. Four hours later, we settled on Pelts Pone and Beyond. <laughs> Is that the one with Hard Tech Corn Tech Pone Tech yeah. Tech? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. and that was and and I remember George Meyer was running the room that day, and we were just sitting there, and it was just like he was really he was not happy with Pell's Pone and Beyond, and he wanted something better. And I'm telling you, four hours we just ground into that, and I was like, fine, Pell's Pone and Beyond. <laughs> what? And he just said like, the joke won, the joke won. Well, we lost, but that's good. We thought it was fine. Hey, you know what? The joke wins. That's a, it's a good joke. That's why it won. We thought it was fine. You'd what be is- surprised. Um, there is a Simpsons Wiki article on Pone Pelts and Beyond. That store that you see in one scene in one episode. I'm sure. History. Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn bought one jug of whiskey, three plugs of tobacco, and some extra-strength opium for two cents at the Pone Pelts and Beyond. <laughs> Sawyer and Finn thought it was expensive, but the merchant compared it then to the 99-cent store, which was another joke where the 99-cent store was where all the aristocrats bought their furs and stuff. Because, sure, because yeah, it was a very high-end. Yeah. There was this, there was a, this is how this is how it's great, great This is how brilliant George Meyer was. I always tell this story about just the way George thinks. We were doing. I don't think this joke ever got into the show. I don't think the bit ever got into the show. Or Homer was falling off a roof and he was falling off a and bounced off a series of balconies. Is that with, not balconies, but uh, uh, you know those hooded uh, canopies that oh, awnings. extend awnings. Thank you. Awnings. And he bounced off a series of awnings uh, and then landed in a truck that was carrying pillows, a dump truck full of pillows, yeah. and, and fell. A, we call it a Rube Gold. Yeah, I remember. I remember that scene. Yeah. Right. And we're trying to end it. And uh, like, and we literally like five, six hours. How do we end this thing? How do we end this thing? A train full of popcorn. And finally, George goes, what if he lands on a open truck carrying, and we pan down and we see the truck is carrying marshmallow fluff. It's stenciled on the side of the truck. 
and he's fine. And then after a beat, a bunch of scorpions come out from under the fluff and start stinging him. <laughs> and I was like, that's certainly not something I would have thought. <laughs> Let's yeah. go with it. I think uh, you actually ended up going with uh, – he fell. You saw the truck with the pillows. The truck pulled away, and behind it was a truck full of mouse traps. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's great. Oh, Andy. As I can tell you, he knows every second of every yeah, season. Well, back before my... Netflix, I would just DVR three or four shows and watch them ad nauseum. Yeah, just dig yeah. in. Yep. Well, they're just they're, to this day, it's just hilarious. The, the characters. See, we're, we're being polite and not asking you who's going to die. Because I don't know. I honestly they probably wouldn't tell you. Someone's going to die on The Simpsons? Yeah. Yeah. Is it Maud? <laughs> Maud's going to die again. <laughs> She's going to die all over again. She's going to re-die. They think it might be Sideshow Bob. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Or, because I'm sure Kelsey Grammer is sick of the character anyway. That oh, how, why would you be sick of that? That's a great character. Going, <laughs> that or grandfather. They think. Abe? Yeah. Yeah. Abe? Abe hasn't really worry. been in. I mean, he hasn't been a major character in a while, so that makes sense. Yeah, I think Sideshow Bob's more likely. I just I think Sideshow Bob's a wonderful character. I can just see them in the room going, Who'd, let's just kill him. Yeah. <laughs> who do we care least about dying? Just... Well, it tells us how much can you do with him that you've not done. Well, I suppose. Yeah, that's, that's true. Because yeah. every single episode is more or less the same right. plot it's Cape Fear. Yeah. <sighs> mm-hmm. yeah. Alex, our daughter over there, went to a, an that's arts me. high school, <laughs> and she was a dance major. Uh, I know what you're going to say. And there was a young woman oh, from, yeah, I, I think, South Africa. This she was, was my... No, she was white. No, she oh, wasn't. but she was from South Africa. Oh, but was she? She was from South Africa, oh, and yeah. this was at college. Oh, that was at college. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Exact copy of Sideshow Bob's hair. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. It was Sideshow Bob's hair. It wasn't intentional. <laughs> it wasn't intentional. She just had she that hairstyle. She tried to have Sideshow Bob hair. <laughs> we have a caller, Andy? Yep. Who's a caller? It is Mike from Blaine. Oh, Dana, you're going to love Mike from Blaine. He, he asks the best questions on any show anywhere. Okay. But he's always hired in hell when he asks a question. I was going to say, I fear your statements are ironic. <laughs> hi, Mike. I don't know if I can... Hi, hi Dana. How you doing? Good. All right. So uh, I don't know if I can live up to the best questions thing today, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. Okay. Um. So for my first one... um. When you were on The Simpsons, were you one of the Ivy League guys or one of the other one writers? I, I was one of the other ones. I was uh, I was hired by Mike Scully, uh, mm-hmm. who did not attend Harvard, and he went out of his way to hire people that also did not attend Harvard. <laughs> uh, and that was me. I went to the University of Massachusetts State School. Because I heard a story about like the dynamic of the room that it's just like a line of Harvard guys, and then it's everybody else. Yes. You're right. <laughs> but right. how do you know within three seconds whether or not somebody went to Harvard? They'll tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they will hey, tell hey. you. Andy, how in did you know seconds? that? Andy yeah. knew that. In three seconds, yes. Mike, what are you doing? But there was a great line about Harvard that was on the show that Jace Richdale, who did not attend Harvard, wrote. Which was con- where there was a fantasy that Bart was graduating Harvard, and the guy says, "Congratulations, Bart! You have just graduated from the most expensive and therefore best school in the country." <laughs> <laughs> and as long as you agree with your professors, you're good to go. Yeah, exactly. That's I just exactly. have never understood why that education is so revered, because all you do is sit there and go, "Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Yeah. I agree. Well, it's also, it's like, if it's such a great school, how come all it turns out is guys who write cartoons? <laughs> or presidents. Yeah, you know. Exactly. Uh, oh, Yale him. and Harvard. Oh, him. Oh, him. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, yeah, how many presidents in a row from Harvard, Yale? Don't look at me. Oh, I don't. Not a clue. Clinton a didn't go to Harvard. Clinton didn't go to Harvard or, did he go to or Yale. He, did he, I don't think he went to Yale either. He was a Rhodes Scholar. Yeah, he was a Rhodes Scholar. Went to Oxford. Went to Oxford. Yeah. Where did he go to college? Andy? Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Where did he go to college? That's what I'd like to know. Oh. Went to, I know he was in what? Oxford. Hey, no, I know he was at Oxford. He was a Rhodes Scholar, definitely. And then Mike? I think it was in went to DeVry. <laughs> yes, went to DeVry too. And then I think uh, North American University. One day, one night, Saturday. The Adlai Stevens, right. Stevens College. National <laughs> American University. Oh, National American University. Georgetown University. Georgetown. Georgetown, okay. okay. He was a lawyer. Sure. That's everybody, that, <laughs> including Paul Mercurio. <laughs> what did Georgetown Paul Mercurio. I love Paul. I do, too. Paul's one of my favorite guys in the world. How do you not? Yeah, no, do you I not? think that, uh, see, I think, just to talk politics for a second, and then we'll, uh, then we won't. I actually think that Chris Christie could beat Hillary Clinton, but I don't think he'd get the nomination. As a as a Republican? Yeah, but I don't think he can get the nomination. He's, because he's not Tea Party enough? Because he's not a caveman. But don't you think Because he believes that, in math. <laughs> don't you think the Republicans have to move away from that bullshit? They can't. I will tell you this, Dana. I, I am so yeah. sick of both parties, or all parties. Sure, I should say I both. Agree. Just I, uh, yeah. all of them. You just... Make me sick. I, I, I agree with I agree with all of I agree with that completely, and I and I am a very centrist person. I will say this: all the newscasts now they go, you know, both parties. No, this has been caused by the Republican Party. The government shutdown was caused. Well, yeah, it was not it, by the Democrats. No, I agree. You're absolutely they right. Wanted, about that. They wanted, they used a budget process to blackmail the president into overturning a law. That was legally passed and approved. It was 40 people, too, right? Right. Total of 40 people. The end. The Democrats didn't want to do it. Right. In this particular case, yes, there's full, there's there's crap and sugar-coated crap. But mm. in this case, it's, well, both parties are not involved in this problem. I didn't know there were set, there have been 17 shutdowns of the federal government. Mm-hmm. I, didn't know, I didn't know there were anywhere near that many. Oh, Mike, I'm sorry. You had another question, didn't you? Yeah, I got uh, three more, if that's all right. Oh, three more? <laughs> Dana's going to be here until like 8 yeah. o'clock. Well, we so have to be done by show. 5.30, so. Oh, it'll be done. <laughs> well, if you get back to me, whenever. No, go <laughs> ahead, Mike. i got to meet somebody. Uh, whatever. i got to meet a man so, uh, about a dog. <laughs> okay. Um, so you were the voice of Gex. Yes. Andy. Gex, Andy the M64 character? Yes. That's rather odd. I never thought I would meet Gex or hear anyone talk about Gex. And now you have. Now he's After excited. After 2002. <laughs> now you have. Oh, there's Mike laughing. That's that, that's that marijuana laugh. <laughs> All right. So also, he was he was in the Aristocrats with Gilbert Gottfried. Yes. 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 You Gilbert will be here. Gilbert, Gilbert will be here in about 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So. All right. We don't speak. And- <laughs> we don't ever Did speak. you write Gex? Yes, me and my uh, uh, frequent writing partner Rob Cohen uh, wrote. We did, we wrote the jokes for Gex, not the game. I, uh, well, yeah. Right. Did you code Gex? I as did well? code Gex. Yes, it was lovely. Uh, I, I frequently uh, uh, people bring their game and I sign their game. I really? Yeah. Because the entire game is the it's the writing. 
I mean, that's what made the game. Yeah, it's funny. We had some really funny lines in that. I, there was one line. I'm not sure if it went or not. You'll get. It was. You know, Gax was just me, just doing different voices and different characters mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and he would frequently do Johnny Carson. And uh, there was one time where he was in a river and these crabs kept attacking him, and that was a thing. And he said, "I don't think we were allowed to use this, but it was a. I haven't seen this many crabs since Elky Summer's hot tub party." <laughs> <laughs> L.K. Summer, <laughs> a beautiful woman, no question. Mike, you're up again. All right, so uh, I guess my last one is, when you were on Suddenly Susan, did you get to meet Clyde Phillips? Oh, Clyde Phillips. I love Clyde Phillips. Yeah, but who, I met everybody, but which one was Clyde Phillips? The executive producer, showrunner guy. Oh, yes, then I'm sure I did. Clyde's a great writer. Very, very. He's got uh, Nurse Jackie and. Uh, oh, is that him? Who is it? Nurse Jackie and. Dexter. 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 Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, he, yeah but yeah. he started out on Suddenly Susan. I uh, started on uh, Suddenly Susan. Parker Lewis. He was. Yeah, yeah he wrote yeah. Parker Lewis Can't Lose, which I brought up, and he said he's heard like two people bring it up ever. Well, uh, David Chase from The Sopranos, mm-hmm. uh, his first show was Cole Shack the Night Stalker. God, Kolshak. Yes. That was. Uh, and I met him at a HBO party, and I was a big fan of Kolshak, the Night Stalker, and he couldn't believe it. It was Darren McGavin, right? Yeah. And he yeah. goes, did you, did you watch that show? I go, yeah, I love that show. I, oh, I, that was a great show. Uh, and I said, actually, I just watched one the other day. He's like, does it hold up? <laughs> <laughs> does it hold it up? Really yeah, it does. It does. See, his first writing credit was Trapper John M.D. Oh, Good Lord. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. David Chase or, Ch- or Cl- uh, the other dude? Clyde Phillips. Clyde Phillips. But his first major writing uh, writing role was Parker Lewis. Parker yeah, Lewis, wow. yeah. He, yeah. Now, if you ever get a chance to meet <clears throat> Clyde Phillips, you'd really like him. He's a brilliant, brilliant guy. No, he's very funny. We had him on before the uh, ALCS started, uh-huh. or the AL playoffs even started. And he's a huge Red Sox fan. Uh-huh. Huge Red Sox. He's from, Bo- Bo- right. from Boston. <laughs> he, he he tried to get it out. He said, "Yeah, the yes, the Sox. They're playing. Uh, they're playing the Rays. There's something about the Rays that I uh, and yeah. He just did that. He just did it's like that. they drive me crazy. They uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he just couldn't come out with it. That's it hilarious. was wonderful. That's so funny, Mike. You got it. Yeah, that's uh, that's all I got. Thanks right. a lot, Tommy and Dana. Thank you, Mike. I, Thank you, sir. I feel like I've accomplished something today." Answering I don't know about that. I've sated you. <laughs> I've sated you. Now, that's a very good Vincent Price word. I've sated you. I heard a great Vincent Price story yesterday. You did? On the plane. I love Vincent Price. I'm on the plane flying here yesterday. I don't want to brag. I don't want to be treated differently, but frequently I take airplanes. <laughs> Aren't you fancy? And I'm sitting next to this guy, and we're talking, and, 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 and this – Guys is like I know you, and you know, after a while, like, you look familiar, and I'm like, well, I'm on TV. And he goes, no, that's not it. Uh, and turns out, uh, he moved me. Uh, he moved my wife and I into our house. He's a, he was, has a company called the Moving Doctor. All right. And he was like, yeah, I moved you, and and he, and he knew who I was, and that's why he remembered my face. Okay. I was like, oh yeah. So we were, and you know, we had a long flight, and we ended up talking. And we somehow we're talking about Vincent Price. And this uh, this gentleman uh, that I was talking to worked as a caterer, and um, he's uh, how we used to say a confirmed bachelor. Confirmed bachelor, <laughs> yes. Sure, you know what I'm saying. And uh, he met uh, Vincent Price, who was there with his wife. 
And uh, he was married. Mm-hmm. But uh, to quote a friend of mine that also knew Vincent Price, Vinny didn't care what side of the road he drove on. <laughs> <laughs> so he meets Vincent Price. He goes, Mr. Price, pleasure to meet you. And Vincent Price like, takes his hand and he like, has his hand. And he holds his hand and then he has his other hand on top of his hand. That sure. kind of thing. Yes. And he goes, it's such a pleasure to meet you. It's a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, and blah, 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 blah. And he goes, and he, the whole time Vincent Price is holding his hand. Right. Well, it doesn't let go of his hand. And he goes, I will be your waiter tonight. And he patted his hand and he went, of course you are. <laughs> Such a weird thing to say. <laughs> of course you of are. Of course Uh-oh. you are. Send back the wine. <laughs> <laughs> That is a that's a wonderful voice. Did you do Vincent Price on The Simpsons? I did not do Vincent no. Price on The Simpsons. Dan really? Castellaneta did it. Oh did yeah, of course. Job. Really? Yes, and it did an excellent job. I do do ha ha do do. Thank you. Thank you. Very uh, much. If you ever hear Don Knotts, it's me. I love oh, Don yeah. Knotts. If you ever hear Don Knotts, it's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when it was uh, when he talked to Chief Wiggum through the TV. The, yeah. No one knows the stresses of the boys in blue. <laughs> <laughs> Avenge me! Wait, now you're a ghost? Yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> you know, one of the great characters of all time. By Barney Fife? Early, uh, I guess it was Monday or Tuesday this week. I'm sitting around the house. I will watch Andy Griffith's show if it I comes on. I show. I just love it. Right? And leave it to do- Beaver. <laughs> and Barney thought that, that, that Andy was hitting on Thelma Lou. So he he yeah. called and he called Andy's girlfriend, who was not, um, what was it Ellie May? Not Ellie May. No. That was different. Uh, what the hell is his girlfriend? Hang on. Anybody remember? I'm gonna let you figure it out. Because it, it was <laughs> it was actually not her. It was a different girlfriend. But he thought Isn't that Cora, Thelma Lou. Cora. Thelma Lou was was uh, was Don Knotts' girlfriend. Oh, okay. yeah. Was it? Cora? It was something. I'll uh, find it. But Barney Fife calls up Andy because he figures if, if Andy's hitting on Thelma Lou, he's going to hit on Andy's girlfriend. And he calls and he goes, Ellie, it's Barn. I'm coming over and I'm ready for action. <laughs> <laughs> Just a br- That show is very, very funny. And to that end, and uh, I'd say this as we approach the Halloween season, uh, a, and, and Gilbert will Gilbert will agree with me. And probably have more, no more arcania about it than even I do. Uh, the Ghost and Mr. Chicken. Ghost yes. and Mr. Chicken. Great underrated movie. movie. Great movie. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. underrated movie. Are you talking about Helen Crump? Helen, Helen Crump. Crump. But it was before Helen Crump. It was not Helen. It was. Now Helen. Now Helen. <laughs> Ellie Walker. Ellie Walker. Ellie Walker. Now Ellie, Ellie, you can't go out with Barn. <laughs> we used to do in the writers' room at The Simpsons. Me and Mark Wilmore, one of the writers, we used to do. Uh, Mark was very funny. He played the uh, Black Archie Bunker on In Living Color. If you remember those mm-hmm. sketches, mm-hmm. he does a great Andy Griffith impression, and I am not doing Andy Griffith. I'm doing Mark Wilmore doing Andy Griffith. Uh, but we would do the day Martin Luther King staged a protest in Mayberry. <laughs> it was like a long, <laughs> protracted sketch. And it starts with uh, Martin Luther King refusing to leave the counter at the Tip Top Diner. Sure. <laughs> and he goes, and there's a fly in the buttermilk down at the Tip Top. We're going to get down here. <laughs> <laughs> now, and then Andy shows up. Now, Dr. King, you made your point. Everybody's real wire your problem. <laughs> 
<laughs> we can't have any protest here in Mayberry. <laughs> Want to get rough with the mansion? No, we ain't going to get rough. But we ain't going to look ain't be in the eye anymore, either. <laughs> God, who was I just talking to that uh, made the point that Andy Griffith and... Oh, it was actually, it was Gilbert. Right. It was Gilbert Gottfried. He, I, I just talked to Gilbert on Monday, and he made the point that Andy Griffith and, and Francis Bouvier hated one another. Oh, I didn't know that. See, that's great. <laughs> it's very uh, funny. Great. Uh, I just... hate that old bitch. <laughs> I can't take her peace. Tom Bernard with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, we've been talking about North American Banking Company for a few years now. One thing we've discussed is that the bank is locally owned and operated. Well, how does that benefit your customers? Tommy, projects and opportunities for expansion come up quickly for business owners. A locally owned and managed bank like North American Banking Company means decisions can be made just as quickly. We know Minnesota. We live in the communities we serve. So we have experience and firsthand knowledge for what's happening in your life where you live. That means decisions are made here. We don't ship them off or pass the buck someplace out of state. Finally, getting our customers quick answers allows them to take decisive action, and that's how business gets done. Man, Michael, you're getting good at this. Practice makes perfect. Uh, perfect? <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. I remember one time when I was 16 years old, I was dating, dating this girl. Well, not dating, I suppose. When I hung out with this 16-year-old girl. And How I, old are you? I was 16. Okay. I was 16. Oh, this, by the way, this is the same girl that I went to pick her up to go to the tip top or wherever we were going. Right. And her father answered the door. And he said, uh, so you're Tom. I said, yeah. And he goes, uh, I understand you're Roman Catholic. I said, yes. He just slowly shut the door in my face. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's like, that's a while ago. She yeah. was a uh, Missouri Synod Lutheran. Oh, and apparently that's like a thing. I don't know. It's a like, like really <laughs> strict. Just like Lutheran. a Catholic. 
Latin liturgy and everything. Yeah, they're God's favorites. <laughs> <laughs> they are God's favorites. Yeah, I mean, look at me. He did not want his daughter going out with a Catholic. I will never forget that. Yes, because you'll take your orders from the Vatican. Yeah, yes, that's exactly right. Tonight, it... go under the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Why is the Pope Irish? <laughs> Why is the Pope because Irish? Because I don't in my know an Italian yeah. accent. No, it's no, it's. I think it's tonight to get to the second base. <laughs> Dad could do the Italian accent. Actually, no apparently, Cheech and did a wonderful Italian Pope. No, apparently, Missouri there. Synod has two point three million members. Is it, so. It's very strict Lutheran, though, yes. isn't it? Very oh, you know about? Oh, well, you're from St. Louis. You would oh, yeah, right. So you'd be you would know the guided. There's no question about that. But uh, I do remember, <laughs> and I was probably talking myself out of uh, the fact that I wasn't going to hang out with her anymore anyway, mm-hmm. because her father slammed the door. He didn't slam the door in my face. He just slowly closed it right. in my face. But I had a dream about her a couple of days later that we had both gotten old, and she looked exactly like Frances. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like, hey, that's Bang. okay. Let her go. Because you look like Aunt B anyway, so what the hell. <laughs> you dodged a bullet. I just love that, how you talk yourself into things later on. Say, oh, I didn't want to hang out with her anyway. Yeah. Oh, bullshit. Thank God. That's a complete lie. She had a weird left eye. Yeah. She did. There's no question about it. I always thought that would have been the greatest response to 9-11 was if we just all got together as a country and decided to just psych out the world and just go, yeah, we didn't like those buildings anyway. <laughs> <laughs> those 3,000 people, we never liked any of them. Anymore. Yeah, they were all jerks. Yeah, the, exactly. But the world would be waiting. Like for, for, for like, then The longer we didn't do anything, the more they'd get freaked out. They're going to do something, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you probably know? true. Then we just start subtly just doing things like just sending all the presidents of the all the other nations just like, pictures of owls <laughs> just slowly ratchet up the mind fuck <laughs> owls do have why, that look why like an that. owl you know <laughs> I don't. Oh, you, you will know yeah you'll know you'll know soon who does small the small graduation hat who does the commercial now with the, the female owl and the male owl? And she keeps bringing up some somebody in the, the male owl. She talks. She has a human voice. And all he says the whole commercial is, who? It's Geico. It's a, not all, not oh, it's Geico. Owl, yeah. not, not all owls are wise. <laughs> <laughs> and he just keeps going, who? Who? Well, you know them. You know, you know so, who? It's very, you know, I don't know. Who does those commercials? Because some of them are very funny. I think it is Geico. Well, Geico does that one, but who wrote Dewar Heights? Do you know? I have no idea. I'm sure they have a large. Advertising, I don't know. I'm sure they have a large team of writers. Yeah. Well, probably. Some of it's Geico commercials, like, they're all famous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know anything about advertising. It was Art Art Carney's son that did the Geico commercials there for a while. The the trust fall and all that. You remember him. That was Art Carney's kid. Oh, Oh, really? Yeah, it was. It was Art Carney's. Art Carney. Art Carney. Art Carney. Oh, Gilbert's here. Now the trouble's going to start. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I didn't know he was actually coming in. Yeah. Oh, Gilbert. Yeah. We're going to we're gonna have to switch off because I have to go meet somebody. Well, you want to sit for, for five minutes. I'll sit with him for four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> a minute. I know you. He's, he's, I think it was great that, as I said, I had no idea you were coming. So when you walked in, it was like a nice surprise, a wonderful surprise. And uh, The last Gilbert and I... As I'll tell him when he came. Well, you want to bring him in? Yeah, let's. Andy, we just ask him to come in. We'll get him a. We'll get him a chair and a microphone. And Can I order pizza? Yeah, order whatever you want for everybody. Yeah, I would. Does anybody want? I would. Oh, okay. Pizza. What? Sure. What kind? Well, yeah. Dana's got to get going. That was the only problem. Anchovies. He went to the bathroom. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He'll be back. He likes anchovies, too. Anchovies. True story. I like anchovies. Unless they're not... Like Good high quality, yeah. in which case they kind of ruin you like everything. The, you like the white ones in the can? Oh, the white ones. White anchovies. Disgusting anchovies. Nothing better. No, I mean, it depends the on the favorite pizza topping everything. of feral cats. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, oddly enough, my cat does not like fish. Wow. But he does like chicken and, you know. Well, the cats eat nothing but meat, right? Yes. They're obligate carnivores. Obligate carnivores. Exactly. Because otherwise they don't have enough taurine in there. Are you die. going? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. You know, she goes to every... Are you going to the game on Sunday, I assume? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to cry. Are you not going Saturday to night? cry? dad's house? Cry. Yes. Tonight. This is oh, tomorrow. Brutal, yeah. yeah that's a, oh, so. I thought when he said, are you going, he meant now. Oh, no. Leaving. No, uh, going to the game tomorrow. I don't know. No, JB, you've been around oh. athletics your entire life. Do you think that... Is it best for, for Adrian Peterson to play? He's playing. Well, but the, the child has died playing. now. He said, actually, he said in that after. news thing that I found that that's his way of coping. Is just well, that's play. what athletes do, and that's what yes. some people might think, oh, God, he can't possibly play. But athletes of that caliber, it's the best thing they, for them they, to do, they can the, do. It's the best thing they can do because it's it's their routine. Yeah, it's, it's when you're that highly trained, yeah. you're not thinking. You're just doing because right. you know yeah. how yeah. to do it. I suppose that's so it's a way to off, shut off your yeah, brain off and just, you know, mm-hmm. And he will do. probably be in such a zone on yeah. Sunday that yeah. I wouldn't want to mm-hmm. tackle him. Oh, God, no. That's oh, what, I don't envision him playing. Really? He said he's playing. He said he is playing. Jesus. Yeah, Dan said that he's going to have, like, the game of his life. Because he's so. going to be playing for baby. his son. If they have a moment of silence, which they will, I'll oh, start crying. God. I'm going to oh, cry. Oh, I'm going to be a mess. I'd cry. Oh, I'm going to be crying. He will either have a great game or he'll be a complete fumble mess. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. if he yeah. starts thinking. Was it was his, son, his son's name Adrian as well? I think it was Adrian Jr. I think Jr. his son's name was yeah. Adrian, yeah. It's, the pictures, did you see the pictures that came yes, out with him Jesus. when he was at training? I don't, want to hear, I don't even want to hear about so it. Cute. To change the subject quickly, Dana, are, yes. you a, are you a football fan? No. Not a sports <laughs> fan at all? No. See, Andy read that in you immediately. See, when you walked in and sat down, Andy, it's hilarious. You ask him about sports, he has no clue. Doesn't no. care about sports at all. Well, he cares about no. gex. Right. <laughs> but JB does black football pick every Friday mm-hmm. night. He will pick his NFL game of the week, and in order for him to pick the team, they either have to have a black head coach, a black quarterback, or black uniforms. Okay. That's mm-hmm. just how it is with black football. Well, pick. sometimes it's Three Navy weeks. year. Well, no. <laughs> you know the Three weeks ago, he picked the Chicago Bears, who actually don't have black uniforms. No. They're very dark blue. And Don Shelby, who usually sits there, the 32-year anchor, 33-year anchor on the news, called him an Uncle Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Because they have a white quarterback, a white head coach, and very dark blue uniforms. Good Lord. Do you have your team in mind already? Yes, I think I do. Are the Carolina Plant Panthers, are, the, are those black Panthers? Yes. Well, yeah, they the are Panthers. black Panthers. Panthers are black. Mm-hmm. All Panthers are black? Yep. Except yes. the pink one. The pink yes, one, yeah, that's exactly that's right. That's true. Okay, they don't here have comes that. trouble. Oh, no. Here comes trouble, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Good to see you. Gilbert, how are you? I, I just stopped in. I was in the building. Please do. See you later. Did you like the bathroom facilities? Yes. You, you like them a lot? Uh, Dana can only stay for a couple of minutes, but he just wanted to say hello to you. Uh, whoever that is will have I to wanted, have he told me. Back. He told me that you told him Uh-oh. that uh, 
Andy Griffith and Francis uh, Bavier didn't like each other. That's what I heard. I, <laughs> I, I love that. The two of them hated each other. That's the greatest. Yeah. I just, oh, if I have to do another scene with that, it <laughs> <laughs> makes me laugh so hard. And then they they did years later. A TV movie uh, called Back to Mayberry or something. And um, I think they called her. I don't know if they called her. In either way, they still hated each other after all those years. And and they they had a scene then where Andy is standing in front of Aunt B's grave. She was still alive <laughs> at the time. And That's fabulous. Uh, yeah. And and they even had like a really bad impersonator as the voice that he remembers oh. of her. Good Andy brush your teeth <laughs> and, and while he's standing over the grave. It was it was as big an insult as you could uh, And then he just like they'd stay on him but you just hear a zipper and water pouring. Oh yeah. <laughs> Gilbert, do you need a set of headphones? Uh, we got it. Yeah. Do we have a set of headphones? Yeah, it, it hasn't. Yeah, because the whole show is off without the earphones. <laughs> well, I just on, wanted yeah. to make sure we you were coming. Cans. Yeah, because <laughs> Dana, um, when Gilbert was on on the KQ morning show on Monday, it was somehow brought up that Nancy Culp had died. She did the KQ morning show, and then oh, really? about an hour later, she died. So mm. Gilbert had to point out that every person he had talked to for the past, I believe it's. 15 years, uh, he pointed out that Amy Winehouse was on the KQ. <laughs> he goes, you know, speaking of that, Tom, the last time I talked to Freddie Prince. <laughs> it is funny. Ellen DeGeneres is starting to get very Nancy Culp-like. Yeah. Oh, yes. She's really... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if she's taking quiet testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting very lady golfer. <laughs> oh, That's man. very true. Now, you uh, two, it should be pointed out for uh, some people who maybe have not seen the film, uh, which uh, Gilbert did feature on his, uh, what was it? Is it uh, TNT, was it? Or is it Turner Classic Movies? Uh, you snuck it on there when you were, you were picking movies for the week. Oh, oh, yeah. No, I'm be, uh, later on this month. It's I later think this on the thirtieth. I'll be on TCM. TCM and Aristocrats will be on there. Ah, uh, well, just uh, <laughs> the classic moment. <laughs> people are studying it now. Uh, you know, before it just looked like uh, filth, but now it's, it's people study it. And film students, sure, absolutely. There, there are special uh, narrations by Scorsese. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Now, you two, I, I think we're probably the two biggest stars in it. Oh, I would I would say Gilbert uh, and everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Gilbert and everyone else. Although I did, I was very quickly. I was I was in a grocery store with my daughter, my oldest daughter, who was then about two years old, and uh, this guy goes, "Hey, hey, you're you're in the Aristocrats." And I go, "Yes, I am. I am." He goes, "Oh, I, we just watched that. That was amazing." I like, oh, thank you. You're very nice. Thank you. And he goes, honey, honey, this is the guy from the movie that we, we watched. And this woman turns to me and she goes, I didn't care for it. 
<laughs> and I literally said, I'm not lying. I was like, I said, I'm with a child. <laughs> Don't attack me. I'm with a baby. I didn't care for it. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. It's Tom, and I'm thrilled to let you know that for a very limited time, the ultimate weight loss program powered by Nutmos is having an early holiday sale. Well, you'll receive 20 to 30% off the cost of the program. Shed those unwanted pounds and look great before the holidays get here. Lose 20 pounds or more. Consumer guarantee. See website for details, ultimatewl.com. Ultimate's plan is unlike any other weight loss program out there. With over 1 million pounds lost to date, and clients like me will tell you that this is a weight loss program that works. This plan is customized for each individual person, and the Ultimate Weight Loss staff will be there for you every step of the way. They help me change my life, and they can help you too. Start to live your healthiest life and schedule an immediate consultation in their new Edina location or Plymouth with expanded hours. And look great for the holidays. Sale ends Saturday, November 9th. Call now and save. 763-337-7337. Which part didn't you care for? Yeah, I thought, I love Gilbert. I, I, here's my favorite part. Gilbert's part. Rob Schneider trying and failing to upstage Gilbert during Gilbert's part by fake over laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and George Carlin's part. <laughs> Rob desperately, literally rolls around on the chair because he didn't have the balls to just shout, look at me. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> and and Carlin, when he started to talk about, I like to do a lot of shit, but I like to have it viscous. <laughs> I like it to be liquidy. <laughs> it all works. So beautiful. This is one of the great crossovers in the history of uh, digital radio. I'll tell you that. Dana Gould into and Gilbert Gottfried. I mean, my God. Of all the comedians that are in town this weekend. Yes. <laughs> Gilbert and I are the. Are, are the only ones that can talk about Dwight Fry at length. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it all started yesterday. Tim Young is he's at the House of Comedy. I don't know if you guys know Tim Young. I, I don't, uh, but no. that doesn't you mean know. anything bad. Yeah. No, no, not at all. But he, uh, for some reason, I don't know. But he walked in the room and he, he looked at me, and he had this look of terror on his face. I mean, I, when he remember when he walked in, yeah. the room, he just had this look of terror, and he somehow thought that twenty years ago. I told him to go fuck himself or something. And he said it was the worst radio interview I ever did. And I, I said, what? Well, it wasn't me. <laughs> he goes, it was on the KQR's morning show. I said, I don't care. I wasn't there. It wasn't me. Because he said the guy said to him that he started the interview with, 
So what kind of comedy do you do? Oh. It's not something that I'm going to say no. now. No. <laughs> it's not my kind of deal. But so my week has been rather interesting, you know. Uh, a lot of comics, like Craig Ferguson is in town uh, this weekend, and I mean, you got a lot of people in town this weekend. Where's Craig Ferguson? He's at Let's Mystic- plug the other comics. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. You guys are all sold He's out. certainly not at Acme where I am, yeah. or where Gilbert is. <laughs> exactly. But no, I, it's, uh, you know, it's an in- interesting. But Craig makes the audience watch him the way he is on TV. They are actually above him. With a fisheye lens. Oh, yeah. So they have to watch him the way he does it. <laughs> does he bring the robot with him? Oh, good Lord. I, uh, see, I never... Oh, before I forget. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, what, what's his name? Um, uh, Lindsay, uh, who played Goober. Oh, George, George Lindsay. Lindsay. George, George Lindsay. Lindsay. George Lindsay. I heard that George Lindsay, if he's alive now, I don't think he I is. I don't think he is. No. Let's that, hope not. Yeah. <laughs> George Lindsay... <laughs> Till his dying day, was sorry that he didn't play Goober. I uh, know uh, Gomer. 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 He wanted to spin off. He wanted to play Gomer as opposed to Goober. <laughs> that's not they, true. Uh, no, I read that somewhere. That's that's true. That, that he wanted was to play the Gomer. great role he missed out on. <laughs> that, he, that they gave him Goober instead of yes. I just such a, I, the other day I was in a record store and I found his his album Goober Sings and I, <laughs> but Jim again Jim Neighbors was the famous singer he was yes. a singer but he sang in that crazy basso profundo like, and and it was that kind of singing where if you really listened to it you'd go he's not a good singer no no, no. but when it goes from that. To all of a sudden, you know, when he does a deep voice, you go, oh, my God, it's brilliant. <laughs> it's like a dancing bear. No, yeah, yeah. No dancing bear is a good dancer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bear, and it's dancing. And there was another one like that around that same time. And that was Frank Fontaine. Frankie oh, Fontaine. Yeah. yeah. Now, do you know Gleason. Drew Friedman? Oh, yes, okay. yes. I- I, we were talking about this very recently. <laughs> that Frankie Fontaine could not do his act today. Oh well, because he's he's a drunk and, and he's retarded. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no way you can do that. You go. Well, what's your act, Mr. Fontaine? What the hell are you doing? <laughs> I think his the character he did had AIDS. Don't give us the hiv again, Songbird. <laughs> hey, wait, <Mr>. <laughs> <laughs> Frankie he was made of AIDS. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was his song album, Made of AIDS. <laughs> Greatest hits. Greatest hits, Made of AIDS by Frankie Fontaine. <laughs> it became famous because Sinatra covered one song. <laughs> Made of AIDS. I have AIDS, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna tell us about your AIDS song, Bird? Hey, Sam, Joe. <laughs> that was Wee Little T Cell. What's the name of that song? <laughs> Wee Little T Cell. Oh, man. Oh, God. <laughs> Why didn't you sing it for us, Crazy? <laughs> crazy Guggenheim. <laughs> 
Crazy Guggenheim. Crazy Guggenheim. You couldn't do Crazy Guggenheim. No. No, you probably couldn't even do Foster Brooks anymore. (laughs) And he wasn't even as... No, Foster Brooks. I don't think you could do Foster Brooks either. Probably Um, not. That's so funny. The Jackie Gleason show. He was Joe the bartender. Right, Jackie was. Right, and he was... And then Crazy Guggenheim. <laughs> Didn't he call him Songbird, too? It's Songbird. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> sing us a song, Songbird. Sing us a song, Songbird. There's all these things you just... There's no way you could do them nowadays. <laughs> Frankie Bunte would be out of a job. <laughs> do, the, do the impression just one more time, if you would, Dana, because... The daylight. <laughs> it was just a spaz, you know? Yeah. But it's like, I don't even know, like, how... I mean, he was a normal... Well, you know, he who it's the same as um, he was like again, getting so down to the nuclear rods of comedy. Uh, he was like he was like Doodles Weaver. It's like, oh yes, Doodles yes. Weaver. Like, yeah, Doodles. If I could, if I could call him. That. Yes. <laughs> well, you couldn't know him. Was, was an adult. He was, he was an adult man, and and uh, you know, adult guy. And he says, you know, I think you know what I think I'm going to do for a living is uh, I'm just going to put on a crazy suit. <laughs> really. I got to put food on the table. I don't know what else to do. I, I have a job offer. I have a job offer at Rand Corporation, but I think I'm going to go with the retarded guy in a crazy suit. It was bizarre, though. And Doodles because... uh, committed suicide too. Uh, yes. I even I loved the, 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 the. Yeah, he he shot himself. The timeless <laughs> combination of fake spaz and it, tragedy. Because one day he woke up and said, "Oh shit, I'm Doodles Weaver." <laughs> <laughs> Then there's no alternative. There's no way to go back. That's true. Speaking of suicide, (laughs) I heard today that Ariel Castro might have died from autoerotic asphyxiation, not suicide. Right. Because they found that his oh. pants, but they, they left out the fact that when they found him, his pants were off. <laughs> oh, well, like that's. I'm just gonna take my balls out and kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> Get a little air out the nuts and yeah. Because I did think like there's a guy who can dish it out and can't take it. Exactly. Yes. You know, you keep people imprisoned for ten years, you can go four days. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, it's a good point. Now this leads us to uh, to actor Albert Decker. Oh yes, yes, Doctor Cyclops. Yes, Albert Decker. Mm-hmm. He died. Uh, they found him hanging in his bathroom naked, uh, uh, handcuffed and gagged. I'm not sure about the handcuff, maybe, but he was gagged, <laughs> and he had obscene drawings. And words all over his body, written in lipstick and needles in both arms. And they, uh, the police examined this and ruled it as a suicide. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, it was. The, I think it's the, the most deranged death in, yeah. in showbiz history. Yeah. Well, that's like. Well, he was so depressed. I guess the strain of selling drugs in an area where the mafia was also selling drugs had got to them. He decided to tie himself to a chair and shoot himself seven times in the back. (laughs) Um, 
Not a suicide, but a great story. Spencer Tracy, uh, when he would go like he would time his drinking binges, right? And he would like get like a suitcase full of vodka and check into a hotel in New York, strip down, get in the tub, and just drink for like a <laughs> like a five day bender. <laughs> and he would be in the tub because he would just piss when he had to piss. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was Montgomery Clift. That was his deal, too, wasn't it? Might be. I know. Spencer Tracy liked... Montgomery Cliff liked to have Spencer Tracy piss on him during <laughs> Spencer Tracy. <laughs> Which brings us to James Dean, the human ashtray. Oh, yes. Oh, there you go. Who uh, was friends with Vampira, who I knew, and I have a photo of her with Doodles Weaver. <laughs> The universe is now complete. Show business is now over. Now, I heard Cesar Romero. Yes. <laughs> the Joker. I'm listening. Who, shockingly, years later, we found out was gay. No. <laughs> and, uh, that C- uh, Cesar Romero. And it was, it was revealed in his biography, A Tsunami of Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Great title. Great title. <laughs> no, that was actually George DeKai. <laughs> it's called a tsunami of dicks. <laughs> okay, Cesar Romero. Cesar Romero. Oh, so, Cesar Romero. Romero used the light. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> to pull his pants and underwear down. <laughs> and, and have these young guys who he hired or just like doing it. <laughs> <laughs> This is throw, right. throw like um, oranges at his ass. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> like when you realize this is something you're into. <laughs> How do you figure that out? <laughs> like just one day you're going, hey, I'd like to have an orange thrown at my ass. <laughs> Boy, the, the first, the first Batman must have been interested between Caesar Romero and Adam West. Adam West, uh, Vincent so. Price. Yeah, Vincent oh. Price. you know, Caesar, you really should have them pelt your ass with oranges. <laughs> and uh, Frank, Vincent? Frank Gorshin as the as the Riddler. Frank Gorshin. I had a I had the weirdest dinner of my career. <laughs> I was with my friend Rob Cohen. We were at Dan Tanna's in Beverly Hills. And Conan O'Brien was there. And we know Conan, so we're sitting with Conan O'Brien. And we're having dinner. And then Frank Gorshin comes in with his agent, this guy Fred Westerbrook, who represents, like, Adam West and Frank Gorshin and, and like, all the autograph show crew. Oh, okay. Uh, Tracy Lords, that, pe- that group. So <clears throat> we're all 
me and Frank Gorshin and and then this old guy that's just sitting at this other table comes over and just goes, Frank. He goes, yeah. I think I goes, Glenn Larson. Who like produced like Rockford Files and all this oh, stuff? Like, and so it was just this crazy multi generational group. And we're we're just talking. And I said to Frank Gorshin, his heart, and literally he had to get up every three minutes to smoke. Yes, like, he oh, had to get yeah. smoke every, And I said, um, he was the John Cougar Mellencamp of his day. <laughs> Frank Cougar Gorshin for a long time. But I said to him, I said. You know, I, I have to tell you, Mr. Gorsuch, that like uh, when I was a kid watching Batman, you were the only villain that I was afraid of. Like I actually thought that you might actually hurt Batman. And he's like, "Well, I'm an actor." <laughs> <laughs> Go fuck myself. What? <laughs> Just trying to be nice. <laughs> we had him in studio that one time. Frank Thank Gorsuch. you. Yeah. Yes, and the man chain. You yeah. know, in Minnesota, there's no smoking indoors. The man chain smoked the whole time he was on. He there. Yeah, yeah. He so, did indeed. Like John Schwartzwelder, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, John. John can't not smoke. Huh. Right, yeah. So I, as, as an actor, he studied with Lee Strasberg, <laughs> and that's how he developed that. Hey, Batman! <laughs> <laughs> Takes a lot of ability. But he felt it. Yes. <laughs> People forget that Cliff Robertson was also a villain on Batman. He was Shane. Oh! I didn't remember that. Yeah, yes. I just remember the line of dialogue, just like a photo in my mind of... Shane had to get – they've figured out that the way Shane always wins is that he gets his opponents angry and they lose their cool. And so Shane was trying to get Batman angry and Batman was ready for it. And I just remember – I just – I don't know why this is in my mind, but it goes, Hey, Batman, your mother wears army boots. And Batman goes, Yes. As I recall, she found them quite comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't let Shane. He wouldn't let Shane get to him. <laughs> Adam West is a great, great dude. He's unbelievable. He's such a great guy, and he's just a laid-back guy too. I mean, he just really is in real life, just laid back. Mm -hmm. He knows he's he knows he's Adam West. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I mean, a big hurdle. <laughs> now, as an example, Gilbert, we've had Adam West on, and he's still alive. Oh, that's right. He, he broke the... The day is young. <laughs> <laughs> the day is still but young. All, everyone who ever played a villain on that Batman yeah. has been I, on your show. I love my favorite. <laughs> They're all dead. My favorite one was on the Tom Bernard show, George Reeves. <laughs> 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 shot we have Salminio via satellite. <laughs> and a young kid from a new show called Glee. <laughs> Corey Monty. Oh, yeah. when, when Adam West was on The Simpsons, it was right when uh, Burt Ward had written that book, Back to the Batcave, where I guess he told some was talking out oh, of school. Oh, that there was constantly orgies yeah. going on. Oh, really? And, and Adam West goes... <clears throat> You know, I have to say, the hubris in writing that book, the hubris. <laughs> <laughs> he was, but he was so great. We said at one point, we said uh, it was a flashback, like when Krusty was a villain on Batman and Adam yeah. voiced Batman, and we said, uh, Adam, we just need you to do some wild groans and grunts, like you're you're struggling in vain. And he went. We didn't give it to him. He did it. Yeah. He just went okay. <laughs> and he goes struggling in 
vain. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Thank you very oh, much. Wow. Yeah, that was a beautiful. That was a beautiful moment. And then I heard that Adam West, according to the story I heard, it had. If it's not true, it, it's true. <laughs> it's one of those that Adam West and Frank Gorshin once went to an orgy together. And during the orgy, they were at first they were self-conscious, and then they were getting into it and getting more and more drunk, and they started to do Batman and the Riddler. I believe that yeah. one thousand yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. percent. And it's because you forget these guys are a friend; like they just go hang out. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you know they're just Frank. Let's. Let's get some steaks and maybe go to an orgy. <laughs> it was the 60s. It was L.A. Can you imagine we were friends with Bob Crane. Oh, oh God. God. where all the orgies were. You know, he's the only one that was found with his head in the toilet after he was on the Tom Bernard show. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point that out. He didn't even have to kill himself. Somebody yeah. else did it for him. That was like when, when I saw the movie Autofocus and there was that scene wow. where he's having a fantasy where he's talking to Clink. And the guy playing Clink is feeling up this woman's breasts while they're talking into <laughs> Bob Crane boner induced fever dream, and it was one of the, I had this. It was written. I was like, I'm sitting there going, I cannot believe I'm in a movie theater, watching a movie about Bob Crane's sexual fantasies, <laughs> where a guy who's dressed like Link is feeling up a woman. <laughs> it's like, what is, how did this stuff that only I thought was funny become a movie? <laughs> you know what I love, Gilbert, is Dana had to go like a half an hour ago. I know, but it's hard to pry myself away. I can understand. That's the great part about it. You see, you sit in there. It's just, it's wonderful Who to watch. Who can you riff about high Averback with? <laughs> It's amazing. You'd be surprised. <laughs> it's not just me and Pendulette. Yeah, if you just ask people. They... <laughs> it's like Jesus. He's, he's just waiting for you to recognize him. You don't have to go looking. People who think High Everback is funny, they're in your heart. Ron Palillo, another very famous oh, guest Ron. of the show. Yes, it, you know, he had the nose job. He looks... Uh, now, he's, so he's not Anthony Weiner. He's, he's a different he's person. He's dead, actually. Right. So well, I, I loved when he died, and they did my favorite Stop part. there! I yeah. loved when he died. I loved when he died. <laughs> I loved when Ron Palillo died. Uh, certain things make me smile. Puppies? <laughs> A walk on a summer day yeah. and the death of Ron <laughs> We'll be right back. Uh, so you, you love when he dies? So when he dies. And my favorite part of award shows is the in, in remembrance. Right. What do they call? In award show jargon, memoriam, the necronomy package. Oh, excellent! I know it couldn't be better. Yeah. So with Ron Palillo and Robert Hedges died the same year. Yeah. So they just showed one clip. 
They just had one clip from Welcome Back, Carter, and they said, okay. <laughs> That's right. When Ernest Borgnine died, they were all thinking, if Tim Conway is going to die, this is the year. <laughs> Get a lock him in. Lock him in. That would be so great. <laughs> I like when, who was the kid that who was the kid that died on Glee? What's his name? Corey Monty. Corey Monty died, and they did a special extra super superpower necronomy salute to him at the <laughs> Emmys. And Jack Klugman's daughter got pissed off. Oh yes, because he did a lot more, which is yes. inarguable yes. or inar- whatever yeah. the word is. But I just like it's like, hey, my father's more dead than yeah. you. <laughs> We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family.